Our New Testament lesson this day comes from the book of Acts. We're going to read from the first chapter, beginning in the first verse. Before we do, I invite you to join me in prayer. Spirit, fall fresh. Fall fresh and quiet us. And we might hear your word for each of us and for your church this day. Amen. Beginning in the first verse of the first chapter of the book of Acts. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the reign of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Amen. As I said, this is an exciting day in the life of our church. It is good to look out upon this community and upon the, the confirmands who have been on this journey for many months now. To look upon the mentors and the teachers and to think about all that this day means. In, in many ways, this day we celebrate a threshold moment in the life of our church. And our confirmands, they celebrate a threshold moment in their lives. It is this moment where we at once can watch as we make promises and we move from one season of life into another season of life. It's rare that we get to see these happen before us in real time. Threshold moments necessitate a shift in our posture toward our calling and also our responsibility. That shift is both personal and communal in nature. We'll practice that later on. But in the book of Acts, we have this scene right at the very beginning. This scene is a threshold moment for the apostles. It is personal for them as they hear instruction and then watch as Christ is lifted up into heaven. It's interesting, though, because it's not just a personal experience for them. The author of the book of Acts begins by addressing Theophilus. 
And this person is thought in some ways to be an individual who supported and even commissioned the writing of Luke-Acts. But if we are to, to discern through the Greek what Theophilus means, it means literally beloved of God. And so it is not necessarily just one to whom the author is writing, but to all who are called beloved, to you, to our church, to the world. And so this work then is commissioned for our hearing this day. What's important in that is that often when we are in threshold moments, just as the disciples and the apostles were, we can get anxious because a threshold moment is one of vulnerability. There are moments where we move from one space to another, from the known to the unknown, from the predictable space to the unpredictable space. And often in these moments, our anxiety prompts questions. It did for the apostles. Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom or the reign to Israel? Is this the time? What's happening right now, Lord? And if we imagine ourselves in that place, we might have been asking similar questions. What is it that we are crossing into, Lord? Why can't we remain where we have been? You are here. You have been raised. Stay with us. And yet Christ knows what is about to happen, even as the apostles do not. But the apostles ask, what is the character of this new place to which we are going? How are we called to live in this new space, O oh God? How is God going to show up where we find ourselves? Beloved, it is not that the questions are harmful. It's just that for Jesus, the questions in this particular case are not the point. The point is that God is at work in mighty and mysterious ways in the new place to which these apostles will be called. Jesus replies, It is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Your calling is shifting, dear friends. It is turning in this moment. You are to be witnesses now to these things that you have seen with your own eyes, but also you have heard about from faithful witnesses. I am leaving you in body, Jesus seems to say, but you must carry on this bodily work amongst the people. You are now to be the incarnate of the word of God, the flesh moving through, bringing love and grace and peace in this new place. You do not know this new place to which you are going, but God will be present there in the spirit. You will not be alone in that place. It's an amazing thing then, as we ponder the first chapter of Acts, it's an amazing thing when we hear again the promise of Christ that while Christ will not be there in that new place, the very Spirit of God will be sent to join us there. It's an amazing thing when a community of people 
are attuned to the Spirit meeting them in a new place and calling them to new ministry. I was thinking this week about a story I heard many years ago. Former ambassador to the United Nations and civil rights leader and pastor Andrew Young and his family, they went to hear Dr. Millard Fuller, who at the time was the CEO of Habitat for Humanity. They went to hear him preach one evening. Not only did Dr. Fuller preach about Habitat for Humanity in the United States, he also mentioned the urgent need for housing in Uganda, where there was civil strife and horrific killing going on. Fuller challenged the congregation with these words. I am looking for people in this room tonight, maybe some young people, who, who'd want to go with me to Uganda to serve the poor. Young's daughter was so touched by the message, she said, Dad, I want to go to Uganda. Andrew Young said, you can stay right here in Atlanta. No, I want to go, she said. So Young wrote a big check to Habitat for Humanity and gave it to Dr. Fuller and tried to move his daughter along in the receiving line before she had a chance to speak with him. When his daughter came face to face with Dr. Fuller, she said, can I give you my name and contact information? I'm thinking about dropping out of school and going with you to Uganda. Young interrupted, honey, you're needed right here in our city, and then ushered her along. As they walked to their car, Young's daughter said, Dad, I thought I've heard you preach about serving the poor and being a risk taker. He said, honey, I was just preaching. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> she said, well, I want to drop out of school. And he said, how about this? Finish school, and after you graduate, if you still want to go, your mother and I will let you go. So she finished her last year. When she graduated, the Spirit of God was still prompting her to go to Uganda. So she said, Dad, I really want to go, and I think it is what God wants me to do as well. So Andrew Young and his wife, they drove their daughter to the airport. As he hugged his daughter, his wife saw these enormous tears streaming down his face. And as their daughter waved goodbye as she went up the ramp to the plane, Young burst into tears. His wife leaned over, put her arm around him, and said, this is really hard for you, letting her go, isn't it? And through tears, he said, it's terribly hard, but that's not why I'm crying. She said, then why are you crying? Young said, I just came to the realization that we have spent our whole lives trying to raise our daughter to be a respectable Christian. I wasn't prepared for her to become a real one. The promise of the book of Acts is that the Spirit of God will bring power upon the gathered people. The calling of the book of Acts is that the people on which that Spirit rests are to be witnesses. They are to go throughout the countryside proclaiming grace and forgiveness and peace and justice. 
They are to set aside all that would stop them from moving in that way. It is a personal commitment that they are called to make, but it is also communal. Beloved of God, you in this place are Christ's witnesses. The flesh that is called to go into the world and to care. To care for and walk alongside and work for justice and equity. What I imagine is that if we were to, as a community, ask the question of, is this the time? Jesus might say, Idlewild Presbyterian Church, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Midtown Memphis and across the Mid-South and to the ends of the earth. Be unafraid to cross the threshold, to imagine me meeting you by the Spirit in a new place, calling you forth in love and in hope and in joy. Would you pray with me? As we gather this day, O oh God, on this moment of threshold, on this moment where we get to witness together this important time in the life of our confirmands, we pray that you would meet us and meet them in the new place that they will find themselves this day. We pray that your grace and your peace would accompany them across the threshold and us as well. We pray, O oh Lord, that not only would we be willing to move in that way, Lord, but that we would do so with joy and hope and peace, knowing that you have called us to be your hands and feet in the world, that it will not be by our own ingenuity, but by your spirit that dwells within us. We lift these prayers in the name of the crucified and risen one, Jesus the Christ. Amen.